It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse basketball in the 2017 NIT. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today, Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. Chris, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Yeah, good to talk to you, Wes. And Chris, Syracuse with a 90-77 to win over UNC Greensboro on Wednesday in front of a small crowd at the Carrier Dome. But even before we get to that, as a threshold matter, should Syracuse be in the NIT, or do you think they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament? Boy, it, it really kind of depends on your perspective. Um, I think Syracuse certainly uh, was a good enough team that they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the better question is whether their resume was worthy of being in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I, I think I feel kind of like Jim Beheim does in, in that I like to see a team in the NCAA tournament that has shown that it can beat other good teams. Uh, I think Syracuse is that. But it, I, I do think if you – I when I did the bracketology myself, I had them as the first team out, which is where they finished out. Because I think if you look at the historical data of what gets teams in – you know, Syracuse did not play uh, a very good non-conference schedule. Um, they're not the only good team that doesn't leave home during the non-conference schedule. But, I mean, they played one game outside uh, the state of New York. Um, and they didn't win any of them. So, so when you look at that road record, uh, you know, you didn't leave home during your non-conference schedule and you didn't win any road games. It, it, it's kind of your fault. Um you know, part of the part of the reason they care so much about non-conference schedule strength and teams going on the road, I think, is to give the mid-majors any sort of chance um, against the big teams. Um, so it might not be the best way to, to kind of pick a team, but it's kind of necessary to make college basketball work. And I think Syracuse got caught up in that numbers game. And if you look at how they've looked at the numbers previously, I think it's the right choice. Um, but I do think that Syracuse, you know, if you look at the quality of the team, they should still be playing in the real NBA tournament. Well, unfortunately for Syracuse fans, they're not, and they're in the NIT. And only about 4,500 fans showed up last um, to, for the UNC Greensboro game. Is that the weather, Chris, or is that fan apathy, or is it both? Yeah, it's a combination of the two. Um, you know, certainly the, the NIT is not – nearly as an exciting March experience as Syracuse fans hoped. Um, but I do think they still kind of like this team. You know, they, they've grown to like John Gillen. Um, they certainly appreciate what Andrew White did for them this year. And I think you would have had a crowd of at least double that, if not for the snow. Uh, you know, we're not going to have a big Carrier Dome crowd. Um, it's not the team that got really snubbed. Um, where, where you kind of had the, the set the NIT record uh, in attendance. Um, but you're still going to, I think, double that over the weekend on Saturday, even though it's at 11 a.m., which is pretty, pretty early. <laughs> and what were some of your takeaways from, from that game? You know, it, it's, it's hard to keep anything away from the NIT. Uh, I, I was impressed with how this group kind of rebounded emotionally. Uh, when you looked at kind of the, the NIT I think nine out of the 16 games, um, the lower-seeded teams won. 
Um, you saw a lot of kind of Power Five teams kind of fall on their face the first day of the NIT. Um, so I do think you have to give Syracuse some credit for, you know, pulling themselves off the mat and, and, and giving it a real effort. I actually think that the fact that the game was postponed today might have helped them uh, in that regard, you know, kind of giving them an extra day to, to get over feeling sorry for themselves uh, and, and to feel good about playing a competitive basketball game. Um, and, you know, uh, I mean, you know, Andrew White was great uh, and Ty's battle. I, I mean, you know, I, I think for the next seven months, that's what Syracuse fans are gonna are gonna have going on. It, it's dreaming of what Tyus Battle might be next year. Um, and, and he showed. I mean, there was nobody on Greensboro that could stay in front of him. Uh, and he's gonna be fun to watch next season. Speaking of Greensboro, there was obviously a little bit of controversy with Jim Beheim making some comments about how the ACC tournament should not be hosted in Greensboro and should really only stick to the big cities: DC, Atlanta, and New York. Do you agree with that? And do you think Greensboro had kind of a gripe, a legitimate gripe with Beheim's comments? Um, so I, I think Tim Beheim was right. Uh, you know, I, I think why not? When you're thinking about recruiting, um, when you're thinking about where your fans want to go, um, when you're thinking about how to get the most media attention, the big cities only make the most sense. And as fans and media members who have zero attachment to Greensboro, which we do. We're, we're new to the ACC. We, we have no sense of history there. Uh, the fact that we're playing there doesn't make any sense. Um, that said, you know, ACC fans, they have a lot of, you know, really nice memories of that tournament, and they've grown up going to Greensboro, and they've seen their teams have, have great moments at the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, so I do think they view things a little bit differently uh, than us. Um, so I, I think, you know, they have a legitimate gripe because Jim Beheim doesn't understand their tradition. Uh, but as somebody who also doesn't understand their tradition, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I agree with Jim Beheim's point. And, Chris, we'll get you out of here on this one. You were talking about Syracuse fans thinking about the potential of Tyus Battle for the next seven months. Well, let's look ahead to next season because right now Syracuse has commitments from Baramba Sadibi and O'Shea Brissett, and they're still involved with other players, such as point guard Howard Washington, who they offered recently. They're also involved with Chris Duarte, Eric Ayala, and then potentially Georgetown D commit Tremont Waters. What's the latest here? Do you see Syracuse adding a couple more players to their 2017-18 roster? Yeah, they're, they're certainly looking for somebody at, at point guard um, who can come in and play next year. Uh, they obviously lose John Gillen. Um, Frank Howard is kind of in that kind of weird position where, where does he stay and compete or, or does he does he go uh, because he hasn't gotten a lot of time this year and, and you know, his his critique has not been, been kind. Um, so, so Tremont Waters, the Georgetown, uh, and I, I, these are just reports. Ben Siegel, from, uh, who's been writing for News Magician, I think caught up with these guys most recently. Um, but uh, Tremont Waters, uh, the Georgetown decommit, he's looking to get released from his uh, national letter of intent. Uh, my understanding is that he uh, does not have it yet, so Syracuse can't make contact. But uh, some of the ESPN guys have been reported that Syracuse would be interested in him. Um, he's a, a kind of a high four-star kid um, who's certainly kind of the best on the board that Syracuse could get. Uh, Howard Washington is a, is a Butler uh, decommit, um, somebody who really, really likes Syracuse. 
and, and you know, probably comes here if the situation looks good for him. Uh, so I, I think they probably end up with him um, unless they take, you know, a bunch of these other guys. Uh, Chris Duarte is a kid who, uh, who came here from overseas. Um, ben Siegel reported that they, they, there are some questions about whether he'll be eligible right away. There's some clearinghouse issues. Um, so he doesn't have an offer yet. And Eric Ayala hasn't decided uh, if he will reclassify. Right now he's a 2018 kid um, who can move forward to the 2017 class if he wants to come to Syracuse can stay in the 2018 class and kind of uh, have his choice of a lot of places. So he's not sure what he wants to do yet. So so uh, it's kind of Howard Washington, who it looks like they can have, and, and then a bunch of uh, maybes and guys that have question marks. Sounds good, Chris. Again, Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com. Great job, as always. Always appreciate talking to you. Thanks again for coming on the program. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, anytime, Mark. Awesome stuff from Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Beerman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, I started off Chris Carlson with this, so I'll ask you as well. Should Syracuse have made the NCAA tournament? No, I don't think they should have, Wes. I think they landed exactly where it, it, it fell, where they missed by one win or maybe two wins just being out of the tournament. For all the talk about the wins over top 10 teams in the Dome, don't forget they still lost seven of nine ACC road games, not to mention the much-talked-about non-conference defeats. So, no, I think they fell exactly where they should have fallen in the, uh, in the matrix of the bracket of 68 by just missing it with just having one more or two more defeats than they should have needed to qualify for the tournament. So the NIT it is, and Brad, earlier in the week you wrote that this is only the ninth time in Jaden Beheim's tenure that Syracuse has not been to the NCAA tournament, though it is the second time in the last three years. So, Brad, should we be looking at the overall body of work, or should we be saying, hey, what have you done for me lately? Well, maybe a little bit of both, Wes, because, of course, we live in the world of what have you done for me lately and the impatience of fans that want to win and you know get to the Final Four every year in college basketball. It's sometimes hard to forget that Syracuse has been there twice since 2013. In fact, they've made two Final Four trips in the same period of time with zero wins in a conference tournament. So it really just matters, of course, what we say about the NCAA tournament and how far you go. But at the same time, Wes, there's going to be a little bit of impatience among Arch Nation for next season because – it's going to be almost NCAA tournament or bust. You don't want to miss for two years in a row. But it's going to be a real interesting scenario because as the team progresses now through the NIT this year, all the talk about Jim Beheim and the recruiting down the road, it'll be real interesting to see how it plays out. I certainly don't see any trend here in missing the tournament. But again, uh, we all want to know, you know, we all want to win today and be in the NCAA tournament today in Orange Nation. So, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Brad, you've been covering Syracuse for five decades now, and you've been there throughout the Jim Beheim era. So knowing Jim Beheim as well as you do, do you think there's any chance that he just calls it quits at the end of the season, like he's somewhat hinted recently, or do you think he's 100% on board with the idea, no doubt about it, that he'll leave after next season? 
I'm close to 100% on coming back next year, honoring the final year of the contract, honoring the, the agreement that was put into place uh, over a year and a half ago. And, of course, that paycheck isn't too bad either when you have huh. kids going to college. He has his one son now at Cornell, and certainly they get aid in playing basketball there. But all the expenses with having three kids college age, I think he's coming back for his final year. He's not going to want to go out certainly on an NIT season. He loves and relishes the challenges of putting together a team each year. I see him coming back. 17-18 will be it. So everything then can be put into place a little bit more formally for Mike Hopkins, his staff, and how recruiting will go from that point forward. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. How about three words here, Wes? Carrier Dome renovation. <laughs> when are we going to hear more about it? Scratching our heads about uh, an announcement hopefully coming here at the end of the second semester. But it's been a topic that hasn't been talked about much during this school year. But I think it's going to be a topic you're going to see come rising to the top again here after this school year, after the spring semester, as more formal plans are put into place. And we can really find out the extent of the renovations, a timeline, and if any games will have to be moved out of the dome during the renovation period. And boy, does the carrier dome need those renovations. And Brad, my th closing thoughts are in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bayheim said last week that there was quote unquote zero value in having the ACC tournament there and caught some flack on Twitter. Last night after SU's win, a classy gesture from Greensboro. Uh, their Twitter feed saying, congratulations Syracuse on its first round NIT win. Proud of the effort by UNC Greensboro basketball. The orange is welcome to Greensboro anytime. So a nice tweet after a little bit of uh, cantankerous back and forth. A little bit of Carolina Southern hospitality. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that one time I saw two geese fighting and I thought this is a pillow fight ahead of time. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.